Hello, everybody. We're back. Hi there. Hello there. Good to see you. I'm glad you're here. My name is Sarah Hanshar, and I am the host of Hi, I Think You're Nice, the podcast where I speak to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. Today, my guest is Michael Fariello, and we talk about the joys of moving, but for real, like the joys of moving and following your career, your passion, wherever it might take you, because it might take you other places all around, in this case, the country. So yeah, I'm excited to share that with you. Hey, I just recently got back from recording nine episodes in four days in Orlando, Florida. I am super jazzed about those recordings because the guests were amazing and we had a really great time and it was really great to catch up with old friends. So coming soon to a podcast near you, specifically, you know, this podcast, this one I'm hosting right now. Yeah, uh, we're going to have Sarah Whittemore with Voctive and Voices of Liberty at Disney. Joy Anderson used to be a rocket. What? How cool was that? As it turns out, it was very cool. And we've got my friend Ryan. We're going to talk about dinosaurs. My friend Tom wrote a whole bunch of really great songs about underwater creatures. There are so many great episodes coming up and coming at you. I'm very, very excited. So I hope you get excited about those too. So, hey, you know what I could use? Some likes, some shares, some rates, some reviews, some subscribes, downloads, wherever you listen to your podcasts. That just super duper mega helps me out. Just a thumbs up, five stars, all that good stuff. If you head on over to iTunes, I can see it there the most clearly. But wherever you're listening, it super duper helps me out. And we're going somewhere, guys. I'm really excited about it. So thank you so much for the support that you've given me already. I am beyond grateful and beyond thankful. So thank you for listening and thank you for coming back every week. I really appreciate it. And oh, I've got something new going on at Patreon. Patreon is a place where uh, artists can go and uh, get patrons, patrons, I don't know why I'm talking weird, get patrons to assist them with the, the daily costs of running whatever art projects they're working on. I, for instance, am doing a podcast. You can tell because you're listening to it right now. So you can head on over there for, and if you want to be a patron, awesome, please, I hope you do, because for just $2 a month, you get uh, outtakes and you'll get a shout out for for uh, an episode beginning of the start in my never-ending gratitude. And there are some nice fun outtakes on there. There are different uh, patron levels if you're interested. It goes from $2, $5, and $25. Look at you, Rockefeller. So anyway, I hope you check it out. That's at patreon.com slash I think you're nice. So Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash I think you're nice. Remember, that's you uh, are nice. So Y-O-U. R-E. Why did I do that and make it hard for everybody? Uh, that's just how I roll, baby. Anyway, well, thank you so much. Uh, always, always and forever. I thank you. I am grateful for you. And I hope you enjoy Michael's adventures in moving from New York to Florida to Seattle. Oh, the joys of moving. Let's hear all about it. Yay. Okay, have fun. I think you're nice, why hi, I think you're nice, let's have a seat and let's have a nice time, I think you're nice. So let's chat, so let's chat, so let's chat, I think you're nice, so let's chat. Hi 
everybody. My name is Sarah Hanchar. Welcome to Hi, I Think You're Nice. Um, I'll be your host, and Hi, I Think You're Nice is where I talk to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. And today my guest is Michael Ferriello, and we're going to talk about moving. And it's usually not something people really love, but Michael and I have moved a lot. Not together, uh, but we have moved frequently in our lives, and we kind of like it. So, yeah. Hi, Michael. Hi, Sarah. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. He's been sitting there ever so politely as I muscle my way through an intro. Uh, like many of us living here in Seattle, um, Michael moved here. How long ago did you move here? Uh, two years ago, last month, so just over 25 months now. 25 months? Oh. 25 months. Is that how you're supposed to count it? Like, Well, when that's you... sort of like parents do for their babies. <laughs> They're like, this is my 28-year, no, 28-month baby, so I, I guess it's sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's, that's when we look at, but yeah. So you move a lot. Like, if you're I counting have. in months, Yes, that's a I lot. think that's probably why I've been always doing it in months, <laughs> is that it's very, uh, it, it's frequent and short-term. <laughs> I was going to say, do you count by the lease? <laughs> um, that's one way of looking at it. So I, I'm i going to be wait, 34 in August. Um, side note on this. There was a point in my life, I think it was when I, when I was about 26, mm -hmm. where I had just miscalculated the year I was born for like an entire year. <laughs> so I told people I was 26. And this is like right when I was on the cusp of being 28. And then finally someone's like, wait a minute. How are you 26? And I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, because, and they were explaining like the age and our, the difference in when we were born. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, I am 28. It was like one of the saddest days oh, of my life. Cause no. I just realized I aged a, like an entire year and a half in a day. Oh, <laughs> so it was traumatizing. <laughs> um, but getting back on, on, on point here. So I, um, since I moved out of my parents' house when I was 18, I haven't lived in the same house um, for more than two years with one exception. And it was two years and one month. And now this place <laughs> is now two years and one month. So now I have now eclipsed wow. what my, my longest has been in the last 16 years. Um, so you're, you're comparatively speaking, super committed to Seattle in that particular apartment. Yes. Comparatively speaking. Yes. And in general, super committed to absolutely nothing. <laughs> Except your beloved. Yes. I, I definitely need to throw that in there. Um, Going strong for 10 years almost. So, oh, you yeah. and Rochelle for 10 years? Not, yeah, it was nine years actually, yeah. Oh, we can round up. Yeah, we can round That's up. She nice. does. Every time she, every time she tells a story, she adds like six months to it. Sure. Yeah. So like there are times where she's like, it's 11 years. I'm like, no, it's not. The next day, it's 11 and a half. So. Uh, let's begin with uh, where you, you're from Florida okay. originally, right? So I was born in New York as a kid. Oh, um, New York. Well, I, I was born in New York as a baby. As a baby kid. As a baby. Um. We lived there for only a few years. Like, I don't really remember that. I don't think I remember it at all, actually. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, when people tell you stories and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. But yeah. you're like, am I actually remembering it? Or are I'm you like... just remembering you telling me the story about that? Mm -hmm. So, anyway, so I moved, uh, my parents, my whole family moved when we were, th when I was three, um, to South Florida. And then they moved to Daytona Beach, which is about, uh, like, 280 miles north of there. So, it's, from a geography perspective, it is northeast of Orlando. Okay. Um, so, beaches are super nice. Very, very different in the sense that um, it's not as congested as, like, South Florida. Like, South Florida is, like, what Seattle is. Or, like, mm -hmm. busy metropolitan cities on the East Coast, Philadelphia, New York City, stuff like that. Where, really? like, traffic can be really – especially, like, the Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. So, anyway, so I I'd, I'd went to college in uh, down in Miami. 
and literally one of the worst places I ever lived. Oh, I, no. Like, it wasn't that it was bad. Like, it was safe. It was clean. Um, it was actually really nice. I was super close to the ocean. Um, like, I was maybe... We were in... The campus that I was on was on the bay, so you couldn't really see it because there was a lot of trees, and it was, like, kind of, like a weird way to get to the ocean, but, uh -huh. like, you could see it from the distance if you were on the roof. Cool. So, like, super nice, but, like, the mosquitoes were, like, the size of, like, large horse flies. Like, <laughs> a, a, a swarm of them, I think, may have carried off quite a few, like, the, the freshmen there during their first year. So I think that's fair that there are places you're like, nope, no thank Been you. Been there, done that. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. kind of. And I think that's what's so, that's why I personally have enjoyed moving so much is because... Um, even if something wasn't your cup of tea forever, you got to enjoy the tea while you were there and then leave. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I've thought about that concept of like, if at some point I move out of Seattle, like mm -hmm. where would that fall on the list? Would that be like places I could living in places I've lived and say, okay, I'm good. Never living back there. Not because I didn't enjoy it, but like, yeah. I got what I needed out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, so after school, I take it, so, is that when you left Miami? Was that after so, college or um, did you? I only went there for a year because I just really didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And then um, I changed schools. I actually went to school in Daytona Beach for a little while, then went to school again in South Florida. This was in uh, Boca. So like if, you, if oh, there was okay. like if there was a map, it would be like, <laughs> boop, 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 yeah, it'd be a lot of, um, and unfortunately. He just made a pentagram yeah. <laughs> in the sky. He made a pentagram. I was like, unfortunately for those. <laughs> don't have visuals right now uh they don't know what i was doing um he's making the sign of the devil yeah of where um, the places he's lived now i know now i understand it oh uh, good times um so i moved around a lot there it was basically like every year or so i was moving from and i was changing schools so finally mm -hmm. i ended up graduating um and going to school in boca raton florida at uh florida atlantic university one of the things that i've always been passionate about is sports like in general like i was when when I was younger and, and kid, you know, people that I was friends with that were my age, you know, when they were watching, uh, you know, cartoons or MTV or whatever mm -hmm. it was, like, I was just never into those phases. Like, I really wasn't into music at all until I was much older. Um, I was always into sports. Oh, um, oh you're a sports person? Yeah. You might be one of the three guests that I've ever had on that's a sports person. All right. So this is exciting. This is new, new territory. <laughs> all right. You enjoyed the sports? Yeah, so um, I played different sports when I was a kid. Baseball, basketball, football. I basically watched any any and all sports that was on. Like, I remember there was a time where I'd watch, like, horse racing. Like, the Kentucky Derby was on. Like, I sat home on a Saturday or Sunday, whatever day it was on, on and I watched yeah. it. Because it's, like, a big thing. And I remember there was this one point where... Um, I don't remember the the horse that was doing it, but one of the horses was going for the triple crown, which is oh, like a big thing, which yeah. hadn't been done since like the seventies with like Secretariat, maybe, maybe, maybe? that's further back. I don't remember. Uh. Um, Seattle Sleuth, I don't know. Um, and I remember my parents walked in, they're like, "Why are you watching horse racing?" And I was like, "Well, it could be historic." And like my parents had this sit down, they're like, "We think he's gonna become a gambler." Like they were so concerned. <laughs> And I was just like, I'm watching it for the historical context. Like, it hasn't happened in 40 years. But yeah, they were like legitimately concerned that I was going to become like a degenerate gambler. Sure, um, sure. But yeah, I watched all different types of sports. But where eventually I started to look into was, well, maybe I want to work in sports. Like, what what does that world look like? How mm -hmm. do I get into there? Where is it? So there's a couple of different paths if you're not an athlete. Like, you can go the route of saying, okay, I want to be an announcer. I want to be this. Um, and that's where I kind of was like, all right, well, let me see, like, what, what can I do from an education perspective to kind of 
get ahead of some of that, you know, to yeah. open up more doors, maybe with a more advanced degree, sure. as opposed to saying, I'm just going to go into like broadcasting or go into more of like a management role, like within an organization. I ultimately ended up getting into or, or applying to St. John's and getting into there. So uh, I ended up moving to New York. Super interesting in the sense of like, I had not really been at a school that was such like a sports dominated school because like St. John's has a really big basketball presence. Really? At least they did historically. They've, uh -huh. Like if you go back to like the 80s or the 90s, like early 90s, like they had a lot of people there push like from the basketball program going right into the NBA. Oh. And it was one of like the premier spots. Walking the halls there, you would still see like all of this like historical things that they've done in the sense of like collegiate sports. So it was a little bit different there uh, because it had so much of like a rich history, cool. which was kind of cool. So yeah. we, we um, I get to, uh, I did three classes the first semester. And I remember the first couple of weeks, like, I loved it. I'm like, this is super cool. Like, this is fascinating. This is exa exactly what I want to do. And then um, we started doing some of the, uh, we did, like, written tests and, um, and and some other projects. And I did really well in them. But then I was starting to realize, like, this is fun, but what am I actually learning? Like, mm -hmm. in essence, I'm paying $3,000 a class to go and talk about sports with people, which I love to talk about sports, but I don't really want to pay $3,000 for. So I sat down with one of the guidance counselors and I was like, you know, I just want to understand like, where is the most likely path? And like, I had similar conversations before I started just mm -hmm. to make sure like, hey, this is the right program You're a fellow who's like, what's the point? Yeah, What's exactly. the deal? Give me yeah. your deal. What's the point? Yeah, Why am it, I doing this? What is the end game here? <laughs> so, um, You're not a big, I like the journey guy. You're like, I want to get there. Tell yes. me what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I sat down and I was like, you know, can you give me like a little bit more historical context of what it is graduates go on to? And mm -hmm. I said like, this is what I want to do. But they said like, these are the opportunities that are out there. And I think once you get in there and you start to see a little bit more of the, um, you know, how the sausage is made, then you start to say, okay, well, yeah, these are the opportunities that are out there. But like, how likely are you to get those? Like it's, it's different to say I could win the lotto versus mm -hmm. I will win the lotto. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I started to realize is a lot of the paths, the paths that people were taking once they graduated were not really what I was interested in. My my concern was I'd walk away with, I think it was like 80,000 in student debt or something along those lines, right? After two years uh -huh. and have a degree that really what most people were doing with that degree afterwards was they were working at like small colleges mm -hmm. and in the like, uh, in the athletic departments. Okay. So like, we, which... I, I'm quite sure people love some people. Um, that's not uh, that's not where that's I'm looking not, for. Well, that's yeah. what college is also for, and why not everyone needs to necessarily go. I mean, please educate yourself if you mm -hmm. want to do that. That's excellent. Uh, but also, it's like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was, mm -hmm. and I'm learning that this doesn't take me where I want to go. And um, I mean, it was college that took me to take got me away from like, I want to be a musical theater star to being like, you know what? I think I'm more funny and weird. So I'm going to find my funny and weird mm -hmm. future. And a lot of it was ultimately I had to figure it out all by myself. Um, and, but college ultimately taught me that, like I learned about rejection and mm -hmm. I learned about, um, just a lot of things that weren't necessarily good things, but they were extremely beneficial. Um, I did stay on for an extra semester to finish up an art minor. So that's good. Um, 
I mean, college was so fun. I loved it. I really did. I don't hope I hope I don't sound facetious. I really did love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be married to that deal. Like you already had done your time elsewhere. And so now's when you, anytime's a good time to be like, oh, I don't particularly care for this. Let me reevaluate. What, what, do, what am I looking for? So I imagine that's when you had that conversation. Did you finish there or did you peace I out? Did, I didn't finish there. And I, I think it's interesting because like I look at it in hindsight now and be like, oh yeah, I was like of a sound mind. Like I came to that conclusion instead of sticking it out and just finish in the same way that like basically I stuck it out and finished a degree in history and political science for an undergrad. Like yeah. if, if I had taken that moment of like uh, kind of look at it from a step back and say like, is this really what I want to do? I wouldn't have ended up in there. I probably would have done something completely different. And when I went to the, what at the graduate level, I did it, but it was more of just like accident. It happened by accident. Like I don't, there wasn't like, oh no, this is a bad, um, lo- like it was just a different way I was looking at it. Mm-hmm. I don't, um, well you were also, your brain was older yeah, and yeah. you were away from Florida and your home. Mm-hmm. So like there's a lot of other th- key things at play whenever you're, you know, you've, you've, you've been to school before and you've done the uh, yeah. academia thing. So you kind of had that experience already. So I've eh, drop out. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is an interesting conversation to tell a lot of people. Cause they're like, wait a minute. Like you moved up there for this program. Like you didn't go to this other program for this. So, You're you know, and to naturally, change your mind. yeah. And, and I think that's where, um, damn it, Michael, <laughs> I think that's where like, I kindly, got to that point as a person where I just stopped caring what other people thought. Like, not in a way, like, I don't take feedback, but in the mm-hmm. way I don't take negative feedback. <laughs> like, if someone is saying, like, oh, you should have just stuck it out, you would... And it's like, no, you don't really understand the situation. Like, Oh, you should just give me that 80K then. Yeah, exactly. If you want to pay for it, <laughs> sure. Absolutely. I'll stay in college forever. <laughs> I would love to be in college forever. Just sit around and talk about sports with the incoming graduates all the time. Um... Yes, but that's so, important to, and, de- to to that own self be true. Yeah, I had someone who recommended that I apply for um, this part time job that they had, they had at their uh, at the company they work for, and they're like, you know, if you because you're in school full time, so like if you're looking for something part time, you can do this, and like it gets you out of gets you out of school and like make a little money. And I was like, sure, why real not? world experience, yeah, real world experience, all that stuff. Um, so I ended up applying, um, and it was my first like big corporate job. Oh, and wow. it was weird because it was like, I'd never worked for a big company before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd worked for smaller places and it was eye opening in the sense of like, there's so much there within a big company. Like there's so many little nuanced things that people do that you just don't even think about like random things. You're like, that's somebody's job. Yeah. That makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense. Now I had no idea that was a thing. Um, so I worked there and I think that was the other thing that was like on my mind when I decided not to go back to school. Cause I was like, you know what? There is other things I can do. Yeah. Like there are other things and I can separate the fact that I really enjoy sports versus what I do for a career. Like it's okay to keep those completely isolated from each other. You actually are likely to enjoy that thing more. Exactly. It's not your job. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I was working there part-time for a couple of months and then they offered me a full-time position. I'm going to ride out this whole kind of like corporate thing. Let me see mm-hmm. where this goes and if I like it. Yes. New so York, we're in New York. Okay. So I'm working in the city, Okay. Um, which was a fun experience. New York is one of those places where anyone who has the desire to like live in a city, like a big city, mm-hmm. spend a little time in New York City. I think it is one of the most unique places that you will probably ever find in the world. There's a certain energy that you get there uh, that I just always enjoyed and kind of thrived on. Mm-hmm. Like 
the fact that you can go on a subway ride for 30 minutes and be in seven different neighborhoods and they be completely different than each other yeah. in the sense of what their demographics look like, what the uh, the cost of living is in those areas, to the different types of food, to the different types of art, um, especially if anyone has an interest in like theater, art, any of those things. I mean, it's it's the greatest place to to experience all of that in yeah. like a seven mile radius, basically. I grew up in Pennsylvania. And so we were lucky enough to visit New York pretty frequently. And one summer, my friend Annie and I, we did the Second City uh, intensive there. So we actually lived in Manhattan for like two weeks. Like it was not long. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Like we, we got a little bit drunk and like wandered by people waiting in line for the Eiffel or not the Eiffel Tower, the uh, Empire State Building. And we're like, hey, what are you guys doing? And they were like Boy Scouts and Eagle <laughs> Scouts. So we got in line with them because we're like, hey, what's up? And then the people next to us were, were speaking German. I'm like, Annie, you know German. Talk to them in German. It turns out they were Dutch. And... <laughs> Did you but, did you miss the wooden shoes that they were wearing? Uh, I I missed it, and like all the windmill references they were making in the tulips. Oh, not once did I catch on. Um, so I I I yeah I love New York for mm. those reasons because mm. I mean it was a wonderful experience. I was really happy to be so immersed into like what living in Manhattan and living in New York New York really feels like, and then I discovered I don't want to do this. I am too much of an old lady. I'm mm. like, going to the grocery store is really hard. And like, and Luca, my Pekingese, mm. she has nowhere to poop. Mm -hmm. um, although she did poop right in front of the Waldorf Astoria and I was so classy. proud. I was so proud. I'm like, who's my classy Pekingese? I cleaned it up. Everyone calm down. Um, I think of a few other places that she can, she can yeah. leave a present for. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Yes, to jump into your New York. Because <laughs> no, okay. it, it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a town, just yeah. like the song says. Does it say that? Heck uh, of a town? Something like that. Anyway, it's a great, it's, yeah, it's incredible. I, I think some of the funniest times I had there is riding the public transportation. Like, oh, yeah. It's the stories, like, when I tell people, they just don't believe me. Like, mm -hmm. there would be more than one occasion where I'd be on a train late at night and you'd have, like, this weird mix of, like, very drunk people sure. that may or may not be hostile towards each other. And then you've got this, like, sexual dynamic in the sense of like people on the train realize this is like this is last call like you know when you're at the bar and you oh, know last call's yeah. coming like and this is like, basically last call on the train you're shopping you're, you're like shopping. hey it didn't work out for you at the bar but i'm here like yeah. i'm not what you imagined but i'm something but like it was a lot of that <laughs> um anyone looking to anyone, go home with me any yeah takers? Any takers? i legitimately <laughs> saw people that were like hey I'll split an Uber with you when I go back to my house. Like, I'll pay for your Uber in the morning. Like, it was that level of just, like, Frankness. economics. And I was like, hmm. I, mean, I can understand it. Like, I wouldn't do it, but I understand it. Yeah, you. I have a need. You yeah. have a need. Let's do this. Shake hands. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, so uh, there was a lot of that. Good uh, times. Transportation in New York City is always fun. Um, food was always my favorite, though. Oh, yeah. Um, every time – my sister just went back there to visit um, – like two months ago and she's like where could i go for food and it's the same places i always recommend uh -huh. same three places go for it what are um they? one of them is magnolia bakery um so they have a couple locations throughout the city and they make a banana pudding that is 
phenomenal. Let me tell you how good this banana pudding is. I get to the airport one time and I had the banana pudding with me. And you know, they, they limit the amount of liquids. Uh-huh. So I get there and it's like a pint size of banana pudding. Uh-huh. And the guy's like, you can't take that on. He's like, it's past the three, what is Ounce. it, three ounces? Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's a solid. It's not a liquid. And he's like, no, you you can't. And I'm like sitting there arguing with the TSA agent. I'm like, no, no. About banana the pudding, of pudding is not liquid. And I was like, I'm telling you right now, it's not fluid. And he's like, I can't let you on with that. And I, he's like, you're going to have to throw it away. I'm like, I'm not throwing it away. So I sat there and ate an entire pint of banana pudding <laughs> before he would let me on because I wasn't going to throw it away. And it was so delicious. And I just felt so unhealthy afterwards. But it was so good in the moment. There is a place called Joe's Pizza, mm-hmm. um, which is, if I remember correctly, it's on 8th Street. And it's this little hole-in-the-wall pizza place, like probably the size of pretty small. Like there's two tables in there and then everything else is the back of the kitchen where they make the food. So like very tiny. Yeah. So like I had walked by one day and I saw like a bunch of people online. I was like, all right, I want a slice of pizza. Now, mind you, there's a bunch of Joe's pizzas in New York and there's Mm -hmm. like famous Joe's and then there's the Ray's pizza. So it's like single, single syllable Yes. First name people, pizza places are everywhere. Uh, but this particular <laughs> one was my favorite. So I, I'm waiting in line and I get to the front and the guy's the guy was like very direct with me. He's like, what yep. do you want? Brusque. And I was just like, cheese pizza. He's like, slice or pie? I was like, one slice. So give him my money. So I move over to the side and I'm waiting. And then I see him bring out a pizza, uh, like an entire pie. And he starts cutting it up. And uh, he's like, who got a cheese pizza? So like... I'm thinking there's some type of order to this, but literally people are just running up. It was like the New York Stock Exchange when they're like, bye, bye, bye. That's what it was like. So like, I don't understand this system and I'm thoroughly confused and I'm just like, okay, maybe these people are- like pigeons in the park or something. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to chill. Like, let me wait. Like he he knows that I bought a slice from him. Like Uh he saw me give him money. Yeah. Um, I'm standing here. He's not looking at me to give me a slice. So maybe other people already paid. I was like, I will wait. So like- now I'm looking around and now the next pie comes out and these are all people like came in after me. Uh-huh. So then finally I was like, after it kind of died down, I was uh-huh. like, hey, I was like, I got a cheese pizza. He's like, why didn't you say anything? And I was like, I didn't know the process. And He's I'm like, when I bring a pizza out and I say, who gets a pizza? You say me. And I was like, okay. And at this point I wanted to be like, now that we've had this conversation, can't you just give me a slice of pizza next time? Yeah. Instead of making me feel like a fool. Um, but no, that wasn't the case. So he gives me this slice of pizza and it was the best slice of pizza I've had in New York City. So awesome. totally worth it. So then when I go back with friends, I explain this story to them mm-hmm. and it kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you ever saw Seinfeld, but the Soup Nazi episode. Yep, absolutely. That's in essence what it was, but just more chaotic than it was rude. Um, yeah. So I always tell people, I'm like, this is the process. Don't be overwhelmed. Just say I or say me and throw your hand up. Um, so yeah. I what I love, you know, cuz New York gets a gets a bad rap for like people being rude and in your face. Um I find their demeanor refreshing because it's I mean, of course everyone is different and blah blah blah. Um but it I remember a lady coming up to my mom saying, "Hey, your your bag, your purse is unzipped. You got to zip that up." Mm-hmm. It was a brusque way of saying like, "I don't want anyone to steal from you." You know, opposed to like like the sugar-coated passive aggressive stuff that makes me crazy i'd rather have someone like hey dum-dum your zipper's open Mm. someone's gonna get your shit close that up um and like well why didn't you say anything like i'm not your mom do you want pizza or not like i i mean there is something too that i'm like a a sensitive angel baby where i'm like i don't want to make anyone mad or have anyone be mad at me and i want to make sure i'm doing everything by the rules because i don't want to butt in front of anybody so yes but that brusque i'm 
I, I have learned to appreciate that brusqueness because I also am a person who loves it. Like, what's your deal? Can we get to the point? What's mm -hmm. happening? Not that you'd know that on this podcast, which is filled with meandering <laughs> stories of everything. But in my transactions in life, I prefer them to be uh, to direct and frank. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> polite. I do love polite. The uh, Oh, I'm sorry. The third place I would always recommend. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Super important, obviously. Of course. No, yeah. food is uh, number one always. Yes. Um, there's a place <laughs> called Luke's Lobster. And oh. it is, and by the way, these are all like low key places. Like, um, I'm not bougie enough to go to the fancy places because mm -hmm. I don't think I own anything than a pair of jeans. And even the <laughs> jeans I have are like nice and less nice, um, <laughs> tighter and less tighter. Um, so this place is, it used to be a food truck and then it became like a little storefront. Oh, okay. Um, and you walk in and they sell, um, cold Maine lobster, uh, like in a toasted kind of little buttered mm -hmm. sandwich. Of, of a like a little roll kind of um so they they have that and they also do i forgot what kind of crab there's a crab option but the lobster one's the best one so this one's butter based oh uh, butter based yeah. always yeah. start with what it's butter yeah. yes um and it's delicious so one of my favorite one of my three favorite places yes is luke's lobster also has a couple locations throughout the city lobsters are always fresh super tasty and i can say from times that i've been there like to visit or when I lived there and mm -hmm. I brought people, I have never had someone say like, oh, these three options are not good. <laughs> um, so yeah, highly recommend all three of those. Awesome. So yeah, so I think that was one of the, uh, the other fun things about my time in New York is being able to like really see the different versions of the city of like mm -hmm. everything from going to Coney Island um, to Knicks games to everything in between. Um, and then I think there's a point where you just get burnt out. And I think that's mm -hmm. where that's where my New York chapter kind of ended for uh, for at least that period. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's I don't know if it's full throttle, but it's it's near full throttle. Like you always it's a have fast to pace. Yes. Um, and it can be exhausting and it, it, it can wear on you. And then I've had friends that have asked me like, oh, I want to move to New York. What are, what tips do you have? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, of course, there's like the, the nice things. you. But then like the things I really want to say is like, hey. Unless you're making $100,000, don't move to New York because you're not going to like it. <laughs> because it's the quality yeah. of life is just so different. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And maybe that's a high, let's call it 70000 But, like, if you're going there saying, like, hey, I'm going to um, do some part-time jobs here and part-time job there, that's fine. But mentally prepare yourself. You're going to live in a tiny apartment. Your commute is not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. And you're going to really be living a quality of life that's probably very different than what you have now, yeah. you know, especially if you're coming from like out of college or if you recently like were living with your parents or whatever that situation is like the, the difference in apartments that you live in, in like, say Florida, mm -hmm. where it's like construction's new and like everything has central air. A kitchen air. can fit two people. Yes. All of those <laughs> things, all these crazy requests does not exist nope. in New York city. Appliances are old. Buildings are smelly. Not all of them have central air Most or central the, heat. Or elevators. So oh, you're yeah. on elevators? like a six-floor yeah. walk-up. Yeah. That's just the breaks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it changes your entire way you shop for groceries. Because yeah. you're at the grocery store, you're like, do I really want to buy the 12-pack of carbonated water or do I just drink regular water on the yeah. faucet? Because I don't want to carry that up the stairs. Exactly. I mean, you have killer calves afterwards. Like, yeah. your legs look like Lance Armstrong after the Tour de France. Like, yeah. they're just jacked and veiny. Um, <laughs> but uh, Even little old ladies, just yes. jacked and veiny legs. Yeah. I mean, they could jump <laughs> out of a gymnasium. Um, so, I ended up moving back down to Florida. 
Okay. I was in Orlando for a bit because most of my family lives in Orlando now or in that central Orlando area. So I was staying there for a couple of weeks to kind of get like, all right, where where am I at? Where am I going? What do I really want to do with my life? Um, And I ended up living back down in South Florida, not far from where I used to live, Mm -hmm. um, kind of within called like a seven, eight mile radius of that. Um, And started applying to couple of different jobs like again not really figuring out like what is the best path that i want to do so i had a, a friend of a friend of a friend maybe something oh like that it was it was through the through the line there um had said oh hey we know someone who's a headhunter are you if you're looking for a job like they can help you find it i sent him my resume so i go to this this interview and it's kind of weird because it was like in this industrial park but it was a software company Okay. So it's just like a weird – and in Florida, you normally don't see it. Like maybe that's Mm-mm. more common in other cities. But like normally an industrial park has businesses that are like industrial, like selling cement or you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. So it was a little weird to me at first. So I get there um, and I pull it – I pull into the parking lot and I'm maybe sitting in the parking space for like maybe two minutes because I'm just kind of like going over some notes and like grabbing papers. And all of a sudden like someone knocks on my window. So like – kind of startled and I look back sure and it's this guy who's like looks like he's a security guard but I'm not really 100% sure so like mm-hmm. I rolled on him and I'm like can I help you he's like well can I help you and I was like you knocked on my my window and he's like oh I'm the security guard here for the parking lot and I just want to make sure you weren't lost so I was like all right guy's being a good dude it's cool uh-huh. so I was like oh no I'm here interviewing he's like oh yeah he's he's like you're so-and-so and I was like oh well that's weird like I didn't huh. think they would know me so like you know kind of puts like a good feeling yeah you're like all right I feel special um they had your face in a picture frame on a plaque on the parking spot. I have spot no for idea. You. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I go in there for the interview, and um, the building was a little was kind of I won't say it was grimy, but it it was had some more, years on it. Yeah, yeah, it had some years. That was that was definitely it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it. It was just a little rundown, and so I was like, all right, because they were like, oh, we're in between buildings. This is temporary space, and we're mm-hmm. actually moving across the street. And I was like, all right, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. Um, so we get into the interview, and um, I was applying for a marketing role, which was kind of in line with where my career was going at that point, and still is. Uh, so they asked me a bunch of questions about, like, you know, what do you think is realistic, and you know, for like the growth and blah, 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 you know, all that kind of markety stuff. Um, I really don't. Okay, so basically, <laughs> they were saying, "I'll bring it down a little." Sorry, um, marketing. Uh, marketing. If you can help me market this show, please, that'd be I'm, great. <laughs> I'm 33 years old. I've been doing marketing for years. My parents, my siblings, my girlfriend still have no idea what I do. Uh, we could totally get into that after this too. Um, so uh, anyway, but you had your interview and discussion. I had my interview. So, yeah, yeah, we can keep it high level. We high, can keep level. It high level. Yeah. Um, so I had the interview and. They they were like, well, um, or I asked them, like, what's your timeline? They're like, well, we like we needed someone yesterday. Mm. And I was like, okay. Because, like, that could be a good thing. That mm-hmm. could also be a very bad thing, mm-hmm. like, depending on how you spin it. So I was like, all right, well, um, you know, let me know let me know if you guys want to move, move forward. forward. Like, yeah. And they're like, well, no, we want to offer you the job. And I was oh, like. Oh, dang. Oh, okay. Oh, you're which is needy. Like, yeah, which is not normal, like, in a more of a corporate setting like this wasn't big corporate but like again like they were selling software they weren't selling yeah. like it wasn't like um you know something in retail where maybe it's a quicker turnaround or like service industries where it's mm-hmm. a quicker turnaround like you would think they want to like sit and talk about me when i'm not there and be like this is a good person this is a bad person yeah uh unless Especially they have some like coded language that i didn't i didn't speak at the time but um anyway so they they offered me the job so i was like great so i started like four days later because this was on a Tuesday. So I started the following Monday. 
before work days. Oh my god, you uh, really remember stuff. <laughs> yeah, I have a weird, a weird memory when it comes to like just abstract things. Uh-huh. Um, so I started there, and the first day I get there, they don't have a, a laptop for me. Okay, which like has. You know, it's not super uncommon sometimes. Yeah, but like, it's only been should... four days since you've been hired Yeah, on so that's and... what I'm like, okay. So, like, I was like, all right, well, do you have, like, paperwork I need to fill out? So they gave me a bunch of paperwork. And they they didn't have a place for me to sit. And when I say it's not like they didn't have the desk. Yeah? yeah. They literally didn't have seats. Like, there were no extra chairs. And this wasn't a place that had, like, standing desk. Like, this was just, a, they re- literally did not have enough chairs. Well, okay. So, literally, they had the security guard go to Office Depot and go buy a chair, right? <laughs> so, I was like, th- these are starting to raise some questions in my eyes. I'm like, this, yes. is, this is a little weird. It's a little weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, finally, my laptop comes later that day. Um, I'm setting it up, and then they – I didn't have a phone yet either. So this was, like, the next thing. So, like, mm-hmm. I finally got a seat and the desk, and then <laughs> then I got the laptop. You're so needy. I know, uh-huh. right? And I was like, hey, do I need a phone? And I was like, maybe – because, like, there are some companies that use, like, the software within the computer to mm-hmm. dial. So I was like, maybe it's in there. It wasn't. So they're like, oh, yeah, we should probably get you one of those too. They're like, well, for now, just share. And I was like, but – Was this owned by two – like mom, like mom and pop, or just no, like some was, buddies who were like, you know, it'd be cool if we had a, like, you know what I mean? It, it was it it was owned by three different guys that were older. They were probably like um like midlife, so they call it like okay. late forties into fifties, and they had started other companies mm-hmm. and then had this company. Which then when I started digging a little bit further, like later on, I was like, oh, this all makes a lot of shady sense now. But anyways, oh, okay. So day two rolls around, <laughs> um. Still have no idea what I'm supposed to do because no one's really told me what my job is. Like, I know my job is marketing, mm-hmm. but they haven't really said what I'm supposed to market That's or so how. That's so many things. Exactly. There's a very large spectrum of things that that can in- entail. So, like, I'm just understanding, like, what the product is that they're mm-hmm. selling. So they were basically selling a bunch of antivirus software comp- things like okay. that. Like, things that basically you would sell to, like, people who are not tech savvy but needed to, um, like – put something on their computer to avoid getting a virus or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And who knows if that stuff even works. I'll be honest. I have mm-hmm. no idea. <laughs> um, so I was get, kind of getting acclimated to that. So like day three rolls around, kind of the same thing. Like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. And like, I'm talking to the, to my hiring manager, who's also the like COO, I think if I remember correctly. Um, and I was like, Hey, like, what are the projects you want me to start leading? Like, I have a basic understanding. I can start putting like the framework together. He's like, Oh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So I'm like, all right. So like day four rolls around. I guess I'll just enjoy my chair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like just, you know, trying to figure things out, um, trying to remember people's names and faces. So on the fourth day, we had a meeting. It was like an early meeting, like a 10 a.m., 11 a.m. meeting. And afterwards, the guy who was the CEO, I think, or like the founder, I forget what his title was, but he was separate from the guy who hired me. He's like, hey, do you have a moment? I want to talk to you in my office. And I was like, sure. So I walk in there. He's like, hey, so full transparency. Um, we hired you, and we really don't know what to do with you. And they're like, we're going to have to let you go. What? And I was just like, you just hired me four days ago. So in a span of less than a week from the moment the interview to this, they decided that they re they reevaluated all of the positions that they had and uh-huh. determined that they hired this position without actually needing it. Um, it kind of reminds me of, if I may, it reminds mm-hmm. me of like, I don't know if you've been on a date like this where you go on like, okay, Cupid or whatever. And you've had your date and the person says, I love you. (laughs) 
and you're like, wow, that was fast. Um, okay, I still like you, so I'll, I still want to see you, but I, but you love me. And then like three weeks later, they're like, we're over. So you're it's the like, worst. You're the worst. I'm like, okay, that was odd because typically a relationship takes a minute before mm-hmm. you know if you love someone or not. So it kind of feels like you had a really great first date with a company that just couldn't keep, I love you, Michael, work for me, God, yes. And then, I'm just kidding. You're, I don't need you after all. Chad's coming back and I love him. So, like, And he's getting a chair. Yeah, and he... <laughs> He has great legs and doesn't need to have a seat. It, it's funny because when I tell people the chair story now, they're like, well, a lot of places are like ergonomics and standing up. I'm like, no, no, this is before the standing desk. Yeah, like, this is like this was not a thing. Nowhere like, to put your butt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so you ended up with a better yeah. company that took and a it, while to love you and you love them. And yes. it was a healthier relationship. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it was great because it gave me a lot of space to learn uh, mm. because like before I worked at a, a bigger corporation. So like, when you're early in your career and you work in, in that type of setting, you're usually very um, specific on Hyper focused. Yes. On the minutiae. Exactly. So like you learn how to do something and most of the time you learn how to do it well. But like when you go to apply elsewhere, unless you're applying for that exact same thing, it's hard to translate. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like saying I can do this, you know, in the sense of here's my resume. Like it doesn't pop out at, at the the person looking. So when I went to this uh, this other place, I had the opportunity to kind of like broaden that scope. So I worked on a lot of different things um, just based on the fact smaller company, smaller team. I had the opportunity to manage a team. Nice. So it was a it was a great, 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 great opportunity. So at the time I started applying to other places. And it's I think one of the more fascinating things as you become more skilled in whatever it is your career is, is mm-hmm. how you can become more particular. Um, mm. cause I remember like when I was in New York, it was like, I'll do whatever. Yeah. I'll do whatever. Some, you know, <laughs> whatever's a broad spectrum. Yeah. Um, you know, you're like, I'll do everything and, and everything. Yeah. Um, and then like I went to Florida and it was a little bit closer cause I was like, okay, this is kind of what I want to do. I got to find things that fit into this box. Mm-hmm. And then when I was at the company, when I was, uh, when I got the, the, the job that came with a chair and a computer, what? um, I know the simple things oh in life. Oh my gosh. Um, that's where I decided, I was like, okay, now I, I really have a very good grasp of what I want to do. So I started up, um, looking at other places to apply. So yeah, so they, I, I ended up getting the offer in Seattle. So then kind of jumping back to, cause I'm still in Florida at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I've now been in the same apartment for uh, two years and one month, which is the longest I'd been up until that so, point, which tick, I am tick, now ding. at the longest in my current place, too, <laughs> um, which just tells me it's time to go. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, so then I, I get the uh, I get the offer. I come out here um, and I've been here since uh, January of 2017. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's. The, the common thread journey. is always career based. Um, it is a little weird, though, because they're. There are certain habits that I have and I started to realize them as I was thinking about this conversation that mm-hmm. we we're going to have where like, for example, I keep random boxes of things because I know I'm going to have to move again. Like yeah. most people buy something and toss the box out. Not me. Like I still have my Instapot box because I'm like, I'm going to need to put the Instapot in the box mm-hmm. when I move. Um, so I think like it's kind of ingrained in me. Like it's so um, habit based where yeah. it's like you've been somewhere Something's got to change, right? Um, that's yeah. also that's also clever, though. I've been to Mike's place, and it is it's a lovely apartment. It is, um, 
it is clean, which is impressive for a dude living alone. <laughs> Sorry, dudes. And, uh, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, but it is, it is, I, I don't want to say Spartan because it's also decorated nicely, but I can, I bet you can bug out in about six hours. Mm -hmm. I bet you could just completely get out of there and be in the wind. And, yeah. um, so if you found out tomorrow that like I was in the witness protection uh -huh. and you saw my apartment and then you came in and you're like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything is very movable very quickly. Like he's, yeah. Yeah. Ready to go. Uh, I'll have tattoos on my face next time you see me. Shaved head. <laughs> no, not your beautiful locks. No, no. <laughs> uh, Michael has very long, beautiful hair. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, yes. It's, it's lovely and luxurious. Uh, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, um. For 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 me and my my various moves, which were also like uh, career based and education based, I grew up in Pennsylvania. That I spent four and a half ish, five ish years in Santa Fe, spent two years in in Chicago, and then spent eight whopping years in Orlando. Like that was mm -hmm. huge. That was such a long amount of time um, that I can't believe it lasted that long. To be honest, well, I guess I can because the work was so much fun and I really loved it. Um, but then moving to Seattle and it's really sweet because a lot of my Seattle friends are like, so you're done moving, right? Like this is, this is your forever place. And I'm like, it's certainly my for now place. <laughs> I mean, like we bought a house and we love it here. Like we genuinely love it. Um, and I don't see us going anywhere anytime soon, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot to experience out there. There's a lot to see. And I think it's very nice and something that maybe people don't always realize is that you're not, you don't have to be committed to a place or to a career or to things um, because it's, uh, there's a lot more flexibility. It is hard, like moving to a new city is challenging. And I kind of want to talk to you about like, mm -hmm. like how do you get settled into a new city and like any pro tips? Uh, we Mike and I were discussing earlier um, that anytime we move is a perfect excuse to purge. You just get rid of the stuff like, do I want to pack this up? Do I want to actively move it? Do I want to unpack it? And do I want to find a place for it? And then do I want to pack it up again later? Mm -hmm. Um, so tips for moving. Um, I don't get attached to physical things very much. Ah. Like, and that I think is key. Yeah. Um, there's probably like a deep, dark reason for that. <laughs> I don't know. So you're not know. a sentimental person. Um, there are a few things, but like not, not excessively sentimental. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's probably a timeline on how sentimental of certain item is at a certain time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, uh, not having a, a, a ton of, um, personal random tchotchkes, if you must, oh, I think is, is helpful. I love tchotchkes. Um, my mom has a ton of tchotchkes. That's probably why I don't collect anything. <laughs> Although I do collect those little Funko Pop things. Oh, okay. Those That's an Everett. Like, yeah. yeah. Have you been to that? I have. It's very cool. Oh, was it fun? Yeah. I've parked out front of it. The theater's next door to it. You could go in <laughs> and probably spend like 25, 30 minutes. Be like, okay. Yeah. Cool. It bad. looks cute. I like that there's a Batman yeah. in the parking garage looking down over the city, which is both adorable and menacing at the same time. I'm like, oh. We're promoting it? vigilantism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't take it literally. <laughs> Um, actually to tie in that, um, one of the things I have not carried with me when I move is I have a large collection of comic books oh. um, and those have just permanently been sitting in my parents' house. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that I just didn't feel like moving, but didn't want to, that, I, you know what? That's my workaround. I will be completely honest. There are things I'm sentimental about, but I don't move them. I leave them at my mom and dad's house. Hey. I was like, Hey, you guys can keep this. And every time I go to visit my mom's like, do you want to take any of this back? 
And I don't know why I made it in a whispering sound because uh, she's usually a little bit louder. And I was like, no, no, you're good. You're good. You just keep it. Um, so like random crap she has. Um, but yeah, I, I think not having a ton of stuff that is overly set because everything I use is is mostly functional. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I have couches and coffee table and a bed set and a, or a bedroom set. Um, so there's a lot of that stuff. Uh, clothing, I think, is always the piece where it's like, eh, that's not really. No one's wearing Jinkos anymore. What? I can get rid of those. <laughs> um, or the, the you know the big flashy Tommy Hilfiger T-shirts with the huge logo. Oh my uh, goodness! Yeah, I went through a weird phase. That's okay. Um, oh oh oh, it's all right. Yeah. We made it through, and now we're friends. <laughs> yeah. In fairness, that was way long ago. Like we're talking like no. middle school, high school years. That's exactly yeah. the time when you do those things. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Technology yeah. helps too. I don't keep DVDs oh. anymore because I used to have a crap ton of those. Oh. I had like 200 movies. Yeah. I got rid of like all but like 30. And I feel like the next time I move is going to be all of them. Oh, wow. Um. So yeah, there's that. CDs too, actually. I don't keep those anymore. Um. But yeah, like I, I think the key for me is everything is, is mostly functional. Pretty streamlined, functional. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to, I, what I wanted to ask you. Do you move yourself or do you have professional movers? Um, so when I moved to Seattle, I had professional movers, but every other time I didn't. And it was that, um, at the point in my life where I was then, like when I moved to New York, I didn't really have stuff. Like I had clothes, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Oh, so, New York, there's no room for any stuff. Exactly. So you just bring your clothes. <laughs> you um, sleep on your clothes. You don't have a chair because you're sitting on your clothes. Exactly. Like, that's yeah. your whole life. That's your blanket. That's your, your couch, <laughs> your sofa, um, your dining wear. Yeah. Um, so it, when I moved to New York... And then when I moved back, like, I didn't really accumulate anything there. Yeah. So, like, that stuff was pretty – it was basically you can fit it in a car. Let me put it that way. All and, right. like, not even, like, a full car. Like, most of the car you would just take up. Um, and then when I moved to Florida, I bought, like, adult furniture. Mm-hmm. You know, like, real you're a big life. boy. Yeah. Grown up. Yeah. <laughs> Grown up E-haw. furniture. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I bought a bunch of furniture there. And then when I moved out here, part of the relocation is that they move all your stuff, yes. which is great. And if you could ever work somewhere and leverage that a to relo move, package, it is a lifesaver because literally they show up. Well, first they come probably like the week before to like say, okay, this is all the crap you have. Great. We can fit that. We can fit your entire life in one sixteenth of a truck. Um, they kind of scope it out. Then they come back and then they pack the entire thing up for you. And it makes sense because they're like, they don't want to be reliable for stuff. Like, so they don't want you packing it. Like literally they pack everything. everything. Yeah. So it's great. That's where my story will come in eventually. <laughs> this is a great <laughs> transition. Yes, it really is. Um, so they did all that and then they call you when they come here and they drop everything off in boxes. So you do have to unpack it, but unpacking is far less stressful than packing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of just, did, I did that over like the course of like two weeks. Like every, every couple of days they're like, okay, I'm going to tackle this big, huge, enormous box, put all this stuff away. Um, so I've always moved, or I have most recently moved with professionals before that. Um, it's kind of just like me in a truck or me in a car. Yeah. Um, but yeah. There reached a point in Florida when I'm like, I am of an age where I am one, not helping anyone move anymore, nor am I asking for anyone's help to move. Because that opens the door. When As soon as you yeah. ask, then you, <laughs> you're yeah. getting asked forever. I was in a place where I'm like, I cannot abide just like the big heavy stuff you know Mm -hmm. like beds and sofas and what have you and or just things that you've packed up all your books and anyway books are the worst because they're so heavy they're so heavy and well Marie Kondo would say get rid of them unless they're sparking your joy um the only reason I would want to have 
physical books now because now I try to do everything digital mm-hmm. with few exceptions is at some point I think I want to live in a house that has like a, a real little library yeah. but a library that's got like one of those ladders uh-huh. yeah so I need to have books to fill it in but I don't want to carry the books all the way through with me Until to that then. point so like there's a few so like I usually I will limit myself when I have moved to mm-hmm. one box of books so whatever fits in one box is the keeper and that's it whoa yeah. Okay. Now, occasionally it spills over to, like, another half box or, like, sliding into, like, a random wherever. Yeah. But usually one box is what I'm looking at. Oh, wow. I have one box just full of old scripts because I can't get rid of them. Because I'm like, but this is when I learned the show at Disney. <laughs> um, uh, when Patrick, uh, but getting back to the to the reload package, relocation package. So when Patrick got the job at Amazon, because uh, Michael also works at Amazon. Yes. Patrick no longer works there. He's a... Uh, He's peaced out and gone to Zoo Lily. He broke my heart. I know, but you can still be friends. We can. We, we try to make it work. <laughs> it's like when you get a divorce and you're like, you just get, you gotta do it for the kids. You gotta do it for the kids. And uh, so we were pretty excited about having a relocation project for the, or uh, uh, not project, uh, package. Package. Because uh, until then, I'd always moved. I'd moved everything except, et cetera, you know, helping people, helping with the big stuff. So I, the guy comes, he takes stock. At this time, we had a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath house in Celebration, Florida. And so a guy came, he checked stuff off, and I said, like, this probably isn't moving. We're only going to be moving two or, like, one-and-a-half of the bedrooms. The other half is going to Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so we worked all that out. And the guy, first of all, the movers come. They have my name wrong. They, their semi truck can't get down the way because it keeps running into the trees of celebration. And someone calls the sheriff to say like, there's a big, a semi truck in this town. And like, we cannot abide. So that was super cool. And they come in he's like, all right, so where's the, or he was on the phone. He's like, all right, so we have a packing material for a piano. I'm like, oh no, no, no. I don't, I don't have a piano. I have a. I have a keyboard that runs on D batteries I can put under my armpit. He's like, oh. He's like, what about your hang glider? I'm like, no hang glider. He's like, okay. And so he's listing through like normal things like uh, a bedroom, a kitchen, an office, uh, a nursery. I'm like, nope. No, 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 no. No nursery. By the end of this list, we had a horse trailer, a sailboat, hang glider, a baby grand piano. And we had like all of these things. I'm like, did... The guy who took stock trip on peyote before filling out the rest of it, because half of it was very accurate. The other half was not. And I'm like, I have no idea what this is. I mean, they had a sailboat. They had a horse thing. Like, were they a Rockefeller? (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, well, look at us. And I'm like, well, do I get paid for these things that, where the hell is my (laughs) horse trailer? Where's my sailboat? You get to Seattle, like, well, where are we going to put it? Uh, don't you worry. Don't, I will find a body of water. <laughs> I would just live in the Ballard locks, um, just constantly going up and down, never goes anywhere. Um, so that was extremely stressful. And they also were, like, too ambitious about, like, I think we're going to be able to pack all this up and get it in the truck today. It was so stressful. I wish that I had just packed it all myself and me being me I like I labeled everything I'm like everything on this wall is going to the apartment everything on this wall is going to storage everything on this wall don't pack because I still lived in the house which I fondly called my meth house because I had a I had like one fork and spoon and knife and like a cup 
in a air the mattress. The spoon may have been bent a little yeah. bit awkwardly. <laughs> There's a couple burn marks yeah. on the bottom. And I lived on an air mattress in a camping fold-out chair. We still had a TV attached to the wall that we were just going to leave there um, because we went from a significantly larger space to a significantly smaller space. Because hashtag Seattle. Because <laughs> hashtag Seattle or just hashtag city. Yeah. Like if you're going to live in a city, because we lived in Magnolia, which isn't like downtown Seattle by any means, but it was still just a two bedroom, one and a half bath. I guess it was kind of big because it was like 1,100 square feet, mm-hmm. which is huge. Mansion. That's yeah. a mansion. And especially in like New York, yeah. I, we could have sold that for a million dollars. Is there anything you like to do to get yourself settled into a new city? I think figuring out like where the good food places are always clutch yeah. like where are the places i want to go if i want a quick taco where are the places i want to go if i just want like really good sushi or something quick or whatever it may mm-hmm. be um that and i think one of the great things about this area is like yeah we're we're in a city we're very close to a downtown area um but at the same time like on a clear day you can see the mountains yeah. like yeah. um and and it's kind of strange because at times like you like i know i look at it i'm like eh, it doesn't look real it's like a movie backdrop you know like it looks it's, so fake yeah <laughs> um so i think even finding like those type of things because there's so many active outdoor things people can do um at least in this city mm-hmm. um and in new york it's different like this is a different type of outdoor activity that people do there florida is different like florida is very beach centric uh, here, I think it's a lot of hiking and kind of uh, not middle of the woods, but like more woodsy things. I always like to find a nice park, especially yep. when you're in a city. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's less important here because we're relatively close, like we talked about. And to... there are a few like beautiful park parks, like mm-hmm. Discovery Park and like yeah. actual park parks within the city limits. Correct, correct. Um, whereas like in New York, like you're basically like in a concrete jungle. Mm-hmm. So it's... I, I think it's more important because, like, you really have to go a ways away to start to see anything that doesn't look like a concrete building. Yeah. Um, so uh, Washington Square was always my favorite, uh, which is in New York City. I think it's, like, off of 8th Street, um, right by where NYU is. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever been that way. I don't think so. Yeah, it's, it's like, tucked away between a, um, a couple of the – the buildings for the school and then a bunch of residential areas. Mm. Uh, but it's just like really nice. And you always have people coming in and out that are like, you know, playing random instruments or like juggling. Like it's a very, yes! it's a very I interesting know exactly group what of kind folks. of park you mean. Yeah. Now. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's always fun. Uh, or that's always one of the things I try to do is find, uh, find something that's a little bit uh, separate from the, from what you're in, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of like an uh, oasis, if you must. Yeah, um, I must, and I will. Oh, for, I'm trying to think, for me, for settling in, I think I wrote this to you in the email, like, in my single days, I needed my dive bar where mm. I could go and just hang out and feel, and, like, know where my, I can get my tots or my nachos or mm. whatever. It was actually the place I would go, Timothy O'Toole's in Chicago, the tot is what I called it, and it was great. Oh, Attaball's my gem here. I mm. love Attaball. That's a good one. I sometimes just take the bus alone and just have my I've been mentioning this a lot on this podcast I promise I don't have a drinking problem <laughs> but my shot of Jack and my Rainier Tallboy it's mm-hmm. it's a Hanshar mm-hmm. staple <laughs> 
And there, I mean, we've met you there like five times. Yep. It's you can play Jenga for a little while and then play Ms. Pac-Man. That and the Pac-Man, other Pac-Man game is my jam. That, that four, the four-person Pac-Man. But game? what I noticed is if you don't play, you gotta play more than two. I played it with two people. It was just me and one other person. It was terrible. It just is there a computer a, no. person? Oh. So it's just not as fun. And I was no. like, man, that one person makes a huge, huge difference. difference. Even if the other two people you're playing against are married and conspire <laughs> against him. <laughs> I would. But have I am to... not. I am not accusing <laughs> anyone of that behavior no patrick and i definitely don't go after mike to be fair i often forget which one i am and think i'm playing someone i'm not so if you think there's any like uh forethought or strategy coming at you it is purely by accident well sometimes sometimes we do get mad at you though uh, because you're winning too much. And so on second thought, no, we do do that. All right, yeah, Patrick and I will get you. Um, but then I almost always get eaten. It's a four-person Pac-Man game. If you haven't, listeners, if you haven't Highly played that. It. It's like a tabletop game, like a cocktail tabletop uh, game, like, you know, at a Pizza Hut back in the day. Um, <laughs> that's how I remember it. I, you know what's weird? I don't think I've ever eaten at a Pizza Hut in my Inside life. of a Pizza Hut? I've, I don't think I've ever eaten Pizza Hut, period. Wait, you've never had Pizza Hut? No. <laughs> I feel like there's a whole separate podcast just for that. You've never had Pizza Hut? No. Um, you didn't have Reading is Fundamental? Oh my you, god, it's so funny you, you say that. you get sunglasses? Because, uh, so my girlfriend Rochelle says the same thing. She's like, we used to get like Reading, some, whatever Yeah, Reading credit. is Fundamental. Yeah. And then you get a little sticker or stamp or something, and then you go in and you get your little personal pan pizza. Yeah. For all yeah, the reading I, you did. I, I, I never did that. Next episode with Michael will be <laughs> about pizza. And I'll have a selection of... I don't know why I'm, like, rooting so hard for Pizza Hut. I like it fine. We should do, like, a blind taste test and see if I can tell the difference. Uh, and if it's, you're like, oh, wait, no, that's this regular pizzeria. I'd be like, oh. oh no, you'll know because I like the, the deep or, like, the pan pizza. Now we're just talking about pizza. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, side yes. note on a pizza. I had this conversation the other day. Uh-huh. Um, I want you to think about this before you jump to a conclusion. Okay. Pizza. Mm-hmm. Grilled cheese. Oh. Not that different. Think about it. Uh, with you 100%. Basically, yeah. a pizza is an open-faced grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm on board. Okay. Yeah. All right. I but... will always be on board with uh, bread and cheese and grilled in some manner. And then when you start thinking, like, sometimes people put meat on their grilled yeah. cheese, like, they'll throw a bacon. In essence, that's a pizza. Or they put a tomato on it, tomato mm-hmm. salt, like, pizza. No. <laughs> Just, it kind of blew my mind when uh, when it was discussed. I was like, wow. And I cannot take credit for that. That was also my girlfriend's thinking. Um, she's going to be a doctor. She's going to listen to this and she's going to be like, he didn't get me credit for the pizza comment and I won't live it down. Rochelle. So now I'm giving her full credit of coming to this this uh, acknowledgement that pizza and grilled cheese are basically the same. Yeah. They're basically, I would guess they're maybe like siblings or cousins. Yeah. Or maybe it's, it's like an evolutionary thing. Oh, you know, like they're, yeah. They're along the same, same line. You know, like the hunched over... <laughs> Pizza, and then it's standing upright and becomes a... Which one's higher on the scale? Is the pizza... What, ooh, ooh, which came first? It's like a chicken and the egg situation. The pizza or the grilled cheese. I imagine the grilled Maybe cheese. Maybe they split at the same time. <gasps> oh. Or no, I guess My pizza God. would be easier because they already had like the flat bread and you put crap on it. And then, yeah. Yeah, I feel like sandwiches didn't really come about yeah. until later. Yeah. Like, I feel like Absolutely. the style of pizza was just like more conducive to those eras. And then there it is. Yeah, I think that's about it. I think, I mean, if anything I would add, it would be, um, I think it's weird for me now to be 
not in that mindset of necessarily like like I'd said I'm now at that point where I've been mm-hmm. in the place longer where I don't have immediate plans to move you know because most of the time whenever I moved it was like by the time I literally got settled in which could have been like two three four months in it was like well wait what happens next like what's yeah. what's the next move um and I think now it's kind of a more interesting kind of point where it's not that I wouldn't move it's not that I need to move but it's like it's not front and center mm. where it doesn't feel like um, something that needs to happen happen uh, immediately. Yeah, and and I think some of that is just kind of more career based. It's more of like okay, I'm I'm in a I'm in a spot now where I still have things that I want to do. Whereas before, when you're younger in your career, like you hit those benchmarks a little bit quicker. You know, mm-hmm. you're like okay, six months, a year, two years, I'm good, I'm ready to go to the next one. Um, whereas I think now, like looking at it, okay, what are my next steps for things that I want to accomplish? Like a little bit more longer tail. Yeah, uh, and you're still kind of you know, focusing on those. Because so. that's very true. When you're young, you're like, boom, did it, boom, crush yeah. it, yeah, go, and, oh, and now I'm at the part that's taking forever. Mm-hmm. We all take this journey together on this beautiful spaceship called Earth, and you can punch me at any time. I do kind of mean it, though. <laughs> I, I was kind of visualizing, like, me on the saddle of a unicorn with, like, a rainbow behind it, just, like, going through the sky really yes! mystically. Always think of that's, yourself in those terms. Yeah, that that's kind of my journey. That's how I like to think of it. <laughs> that's how I think all of us. I mean, if you're in, I gosh, I love unicorns. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much thank for talking much. to me today about moving. I am now removing one sleeve. Because I like to invite my guests to arm fart musically with me. Uh, so you can arm fart any way that's most comfortable for you. But usually I just put my mouth on my arm and just blow with a loose armature. I'm going to um, let you lead and I'm going to follow. So this is how I begin. Okay. And then you just, it's really easy. Is it like a one-time shot we're doing? Or is no, it like a, I mean, we, is can, like a chorus? we can make a symphony of <laughs> musical arm farts. Honestly, the very first time I did it was on my first episode because I didn't have a closer. So I'm like, well, obviously we should probably just arm fart our way out of this. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. in, in there. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, Good times.